This is Alan Appel, and you are listening to This Day in New Haven History on WNHH 103.5 FM and streaming live at newhavenindependent.org, community radio in the Elm City. Welcome to this December 19th in the week in the run-up to Christmas, and I'm here with my usual uh, time-traveling buddy, Jason Bischoff-Wurzel from the New Haven Museum. Hi, Jason. Hi, Alan. So, Jason, we um, have, thanks to you, um, a bevy of documents uh, that we're going to look at starting today and running through, uh, I guess, Christmas Eve. Is that right? Uh, just before Christmas just Eve. Just before Christmas Friday. Eve. And Christmas Eve Eve. The Eve of the Eve. <laughs> and we're going to look at how Christmas was viewed and celebrated in New Haven and New England in days gone by. And it is shocking how different it was. Yes. For example, this first uh, document you've brought in, uh, we have a look, uh, we have a window through the document um, to 1693. And um, they were not... Um, uh, at that time, lighting a huge tree on the green, nor were there play animals and free rides. No, absolutely not. Quite the opposite. In fact, they were uh, holding a town meeting, indeed, and the town meeting most likely was held on the green, uh, but this had uh, pretty much the effect of the opposite of celebrating Christmas. It was held purposely to not celebrate Christmas in any way, shape, or form. It was a poke in the eye to all those Popish Roman Catholics and people who had saints and all kinds of uh, uh, extravagant ways to uh, get away from the from the true meaning. Yes, over here in uh, New England at the time, and especially in Puritan colonies, and that's what uh, this area still was. Uh, clearly, the colony of Connecticut at that point. Uh, basically, Christmas was forbidden. It it didn't exist. And uh, what was more important at that point to them were, in essence, these town meetings. And uh, and they liked to hold them just to show what their true values yes. were. And they, and they would say, uh, if you were a, 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 a someone who was of a different persuasion and uh, showed up, they would say, we're not having Christmas because there is no scriptural justification. Yes, no exactly. Chris, no Christmas in the Bible, no Christmas in New Haven. Yes, and they had mentioned here in this piece uh, that it would it will be noted that this meeting as we mentioned, was on Christmas Day, any special recognition of which was frowned on in colonial New England. Massachusetts General Court passed a law on the 11th of May in 1659 forbidding any observance of the day, and in Connecticut, observance was inhibited by public opinion. So it wasn't strictly against the law, but public opinion said no. At least in Connecticut, the Massachusetts colony, clearly it was against the law to celebrate Christmas at that point. Right, and I, and I think that they apparently took a page from the uh, from the Plymouth colony where William Bradford, uh, there, there's documentation that Governor William Bradford was really PO'd when people were trying to make merry. Uh, and they, with his leadership, they passed laws suppressing the holiday and... Um, uh, even though it was, you know, gaining some attention, uh, they went out of their way to pass all these laws. And I don't think by 1693, which is this article you brought in, um, 
There, it was, I think they were trying to put their thumb in, you know, the, to, to stop the hole in the dike. It was not going to hold. Right, right, exactly. And uh, so the, the tide was shifting as we were heading here to the, the modern times of the 1700s in New Haven. Uh, they go on to mention here in a, in a piece uh, that I found uh, of a book called Sketch of Olden Times All right. that uh, the annual Thanksgiving, and as we mentioned uh, in our previous episode uh, when we taped at uh, Center Church and covered Thanksgiving and the idea of Thanksgiving, uh, in brief, Thanksgivings were never... Uh, at least in this time, and they were never set on one given day. They uh, fluctuated uh, due to, um, uh, I guess we would say, kind of currents. Uh, if something uh, bad had happened, you would have a fast day. If something needed to be celebrated, you would have a, ce- a Thanksgiving in brief. So, But here's one point where as the, the tradition of having Thanksgiving around the time of Christmas was becoming an annual event. Uh, and uh, they they wanted to celebrate that more. And they mentioned here the annual Thanksgiving was intended to supply the place of Christmas, which was inhibited by public opinion from being in any way observed. All notice of the day was considered as rather anti-Christian. It has been said that minced pies were prescribed from the bill of fare from the Puritans because they were customarily made by the Episcopalians on Christmas. Oh, prescribed means forbidden. Yes. Oh, because those Episcopalians made mince pie. I think we're going to talk about mince pie a little later in the week. We right, will Jason? be getting into mince pie. Yes. And you know what? Do you know, do you know that the mince pie has all this meat in it? And one of the reasons why it has the meat in it apparently has got to do with the mince pie was also supposed to have the shape of a the, of a manger in which there were animals. But in the case of a pie, of course, they're chopped up animals. Hmm. I love these holidays. It's a very strange pie indeed. <laughs> well, th- so I see. So so Thanksgiving, uh, a form of celebration, but by the name of Thanksgiving was somehow, that was trying to be a kind of compromise so that they, yeah, to, to, yeah. To, to make it doable and uh, without violating this really profound uh, i think we sh- we should emphasize it was really a profound belief on the part of the puritans that if stuff wasn't scripturally justified it was not just popish roman catholic it was pagan yes uh, and exactly. they, it was pagan and that's why the whole business that uh, you know my wife in particular likes about the holiday she likes the greenery Mm-hmm. They they were absolutely against uh, hanging wreaths or anything like that because the greenery was somehow connected with a, a Roman holiday that occurred around that time. Yes, and uh, you know it, even worse than being a Catholic was being a pagan. Right, exactly. Right, and so here they uh, again were really would go all out apparently around this time of year with their Thanksgiving feast and again please keep in mind that there were several thanksgiving feasts that could happen throughout the year but this one in particular it seems to hint at that uh there was uh, a great celebration three days previous bustle and preparation the stalled ox was killed turkeys hens geese innumerable shared the fate of charles the <laughs> first that's a little funny thing there about losing your head oh right and right. uh look at this 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 funny colonial humor a load of the best walnut wood was drawn for thanksgiving fires a barrel of the best cider was chosen the best pumpkins were selected for pies 
to supply the place of minced, and mm. strong water was provided in moderation to assist the inspiration of the joyful occasion. Right, they call it strong water, and as, you could have pie as long as it isn't that popish Episcopalian mince. Yes. Um, apparently, the actual no, the actual laws. Uh, suppressing the celebration of Christmas, of which there were many, they were formally repealed in Massachusetts in 1681. So they were celebrating Christmas by another name already mm-hmm. by this time. So again, as we had mentioned, the the, the times were shifting and uh, they were, uh, I guess, sort of democratizing uh, or in, in a period of trying to... Uh, to be a little more broad with their viewpoints. An interesting point here, too, is that uh, a very large holiday that was uh, seen as such was Election. Election Day. Yes, and they mention Election in old times was a great day when it was customary to make a large quantity of cake, which was called Election Cake. The freemen of the colony mostly went to the seat of government to vote, and took with them a large supply of the cake for provision. This was probably the object for which it was at first made, and it being found very convenient, it soon became an established custom. Now, you're not talking about election by God. You're talking about choosing the alderman. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's right. And the men, apparently the men would go vote, and the women would go cook. Yeah. Bake. Yeah. Right. And they would make this cake to sustain... The voting, the voting process. Because it's so strenuous. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, so f- f- aside from that, with this cake coming into play, they'd also set the uh, establishment of the custom of housewarming. Which oh, nice. Meaning that families that moved into new homes nice. to make an entertainment to which the neighbors were invited, and that's housewarming. So basically, if you moved into the neighborhood at that point, you had to invite your neighbors in. And if it was election day, you better be sure you have some cake. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it, it, the lesson to be learned from all this is that you you know you you have to uh, take your theological positions as well as your political positions, and you have to be flexible and you have to adapt. I mean, um, in part because you you might be trying to have a theocratic colony where everything is based on the Bible, as we've talked about many times. But um, we should remind our listeners that. The you know the original settlers of New Haven, there it was only a, a small portion who were Puritans believing in that way. There were many other people, um, Anabaptists, Quakers, people who were kicking around Dutch yeah, Reform people. That's true, and they liked Christmas. And if and if they were useful, they wanted to stay in the colony. So the the powers that be had to adapt. I yes, think. yes, and that's that's kind of an uh, an American. Uh, very much an American thing of, of adapting to uh, to kind of find the, the middle ground, at least, for uh, uh, groups of, of people that wouldn't necessarily uh, see eye to eye on all things. Well, Jason, as we conclude this episode and look forward to um, uh, four more this week, I just want to read this uh, um, little paragraph from, I think it's Professor Wikipedia that puts... Uh, Christmas in focus after this Puritan version of Christmas which you've described um, we find out that in the aftermath of the American Civil War Christmas became the festival high point of the American calendar after Mm -hmm. the Civil War as we've discussed on the show other holidays began to 
um, assert themselves as well, like uh, Memorial Day. Yes, and Thanksgiving was made an official national holiday during the Civil War and after the right. Civil War. And- uh, you know, to serve as a as a as a nation binder. Yes, exactly. And, and the and the day beca- and it became a federal holiday under Ulysses S. Grant in eighteen seventy in an attempt to unite the North and the South. The Puritan hostility to Christmas was gradually relaxed, and in the late nineteenth century, authors praised the holiday for its liberality, togetherness, and joyful observance. Um, and in eighteen eighty seven, for example, there was a magazine called Saint Nicholas Magazine, and they published a story about a sickly Puritan boy of sixteen thirty five, and he was restored to health when his mother brought him a bough of Christmas greenery. Hmm. It's touching. It is. It is. So think that about that as we head forward into this week, this idea of uh, Christmas and what it is as a American holiday. And because you're talking about shopping. We'll, we're going to touch on this because, <laughs> because yes, um, the, the, the Christmas that we're, we're raised to believe and uh, are inundated with, and, and often these holidays are very much uh, tied in with uh, American currents and themes throughout its past. Thank you, Jason, and thank you, everyone, for joining us on this day in New Haven history on WNHH 103.5 FM. See you tomorrow. <laughs>